What's up, guys, and welcome to A is a Podcast, a podcast where we discuss a variety of topics from comedy, movies, and even mental health. Make sure you rate our channel and tell us what you think. And also follow DJ Sabotage, D-J-S-A-B-O-T-A-J on all socials and C-T-G Mark 10, that's C-T-G-M-A-R-1-0 on all socials. And now the latest episode of A is a podcast with DJ Sabotage. You are now listening to a cutastic beat. Hell yeah, I want it all. I ain't really trying to play. Ignoring every call if it ain't about to pass. So I really got a ball. Coach put me in the game. Ever since I got involved, it ain't never been the same. Hell yeah, I want it all. I ain't really trying to play. Ignoring every call if it ain't about to pass. So I really got a ball. Coach put me in the game. Ever since I got involved, it ain't never been the same. Hell yeah, I want it all. What's up, everybody? This is DJ Sabotage. And man, we're back after West Woods. CTG Martin, how are you? Oof, we are back. Oh, dude, what a good episode. Man, I, I laughed my oh. ass off. Hey, you know, and I, I haven't even had a chance to talk to Wes about this yet. I think we were uh, kind of on such a high after Reese talking to him you know i was like okay wh- what do you talk you know what do you wh- what do you talk about like we joked around with him and i wasn't sure how the episode was gonna go but man what a dude to have on he carried that episode for it like he just like i said when we talked about bringing him on he has such an energy about him right yeah oh i i love that episode that's that one start i've i've actually re-listened to it now and that's climbing up there is one of my favorites. Like again, it just gelled. We are absolutely finding our rhythm with this thing. Yeah. And oh my gosh, he was the perfect example of like, let's just get some people together and see what comes out. And he had me rolling. Like we all did. I re-listening to it. I don't remember laughing that much when we were doing it. I was kind of thinking, like, what are we going to talk about next? What are we going to do? But re-listening to that man, that he just that that's a personality right there that man is a personality and and yeah i agree i agree that this particular episode i think after reese I, it's definitely showing growth in us um and not only growth but we're comfortable we're starting to get comfortable with this thing and it showed with this episode wes definitely carried over um and i listened to this episode I want to say five times. <laughs> like you talking about the Reese one? No, I'm talking about the West Woods. I've oh, been listening okay. to West Woods on repeat and just laughing and enjoying the moment that we were so comfortable with it. And we didn't have to really have a subject. I mean, and the editing was very minimum. I didn't really edit that much. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, and I, I love that. I love that. That's where we're going because, you know, for those of us that, you know, that are listening to the podcast, obviously Reese was a really big deal for us. And absolutely. Uh, we put a lot of um, back leg work into that of, you know, understanding our guests and, wanting to have intriguing questions, you know, for her that, you know, for somebody 20 years in the industry hasn't been asked yet. We wanted to, you know, make sure she had a platform to really speak her mind. So especially as early on as the, you know, something like that happened for us, 
after that episode, it was kind of like, where do we go from here? Right. It's not like right. we got like Cypress Hill lined up next, you know, like, <laughs> so when you, when you, you know, and we, I'm glad that we're talking about this on here is like, you know, we, Taj is really the one that kind of brought me back down to earth. And he's just like, Hey man, every guest is going to be different. Every, the prep time is going to be different. The things we talk about are going to be different. We are just going to do what we do. And he was right. And the West episode to me is the perfect example of that is like, I didn't have 30 questions lined up. I didn't have a Wikipedia page to look at. I didn't have, you know, an artist spotlight on iTunes to review. Like we just had a guy that had a great personality and had aspirations in life. And we managed to talk and fill an entire episode with that. So at that point, all those fears are gone for me now. They, they no longer exist. We could start with the idea of Idaho potatoes. And I got a feeling me and you will fill a whole hour block on it. Cause that'll grow into something else. <laughs> and I just got faith in it. I got, I, I'm, I'm Joel Embiid right now. I'm trusting the process. So. Yeah, and absolutely. And, and, and thank you for saying trusted the process. It's been like a motto since we started the podcast. And even it was something for me to believe in is, you know, trust the process, believe in the process, because if we rush anything, uh, it would fail, right? Because we're running too fast. So if we trust the process and know what we got is golden or at least starting to get golden, things will happen. And um, I'm I'm very proud of the Reese episode. I'm a bigger fan of Reese uh, after that episode than ever. And listening back, I starts to spawn more questions. There was yes. a lot more questions. Oh yeah, than I had. Yeah, <laughs> just for re-listen. Yeah. And, and those who are listening know that that was the most heaviest editing <laughs> since we started. Uh, I can't mention why, but there was a lot of editing that happened and a lot of splicing, a lot of things that had to go in. But I had a thousand more questions for her. So I can't wait for the reset album to come out so we can hopefully invite her back in because there's more questions. Um, but with Wes, it was natural, man. It was natural. It felt like we were in the backyard with the, the wood burning and just <laughs> talking and laughing. And and those who listen, here's a little bit more of the behind the scenes. The Pastor Sabo summon thing that happened. <laughs> Chris's yeah. connection was out. So those yeah. who, who those who felt like where's Chris and his where's his input? He, he didn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I reheard it. <laughs> and I guess if, if we're talking, you know, a little bit of behind the scenes here. Uh, OK, I'm on my fourth computer. <laughs> I actually I haven't even told Taj this. Um, uh, so, yeah, I. I finally have a desktop. So if we make it through this entire episode without me cutting out or disconnecting, this will be the first full episode of a, I made it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Kudos to Taj for the editing. If none of y'all ever knew that you just thought, Oh man, maybe he's being quiet or maybe he's had to step away for a minute. No, I am a cheap ass. And every time I tried to get something, (laughs) 
for this but i'm like oh this this you know the first one was just like oh ebay hundred dollars great that'll do we're just recording voice and ain't like we're you know doing visual effects and everything i used it i mean i could barely stream youtube on it i'm like okay that was a mistake we got through the first couple episodes my <laughs> voice was trash we then we upgraded the mics right we were like okay voice is what we're doing let's start with mics then the, the laptop I had didn't even support the software for the microphone. <laughs> so I had to sell that one, wait for that money to come in, buy another one. That one was okay. It got us through, right? But again, at least one, and, and it was really like the Reese episode that really irked me. Um, and if you listen to it, you can even hear her say like, oh no, we lost him. Because that wasn't the first time. It was continually happening. Something about having three people on my little pewter just was like, I can't do it, buddy. I can't, can't hold us together. <laughs> so finally I reached out to a friend who's really into some tech stuff. I was like, look, I'm not trying to like, you know, design a website. I'm trying to do a podcast and I, everything I'm looking at the people are like, Oh, great reviews is trash. What do I need? And he's like, Hey, there's uh, there's this very small, little Dell desktop. It's got a built-in Wi-Fi. It's I have one. I've used multiple of them uh, with even low bandwidth. The processor itself is really good. Uh, so that's what I got. So this will be our first episode. Uh, so I'm super anxious to hear it back because believe it or not, every single computer I've used, I've heard the shift in my audio. Taj's audio has been fairly consistent. The first one, I sounded echoey. The second one, I was peaking really bad. I was using another laptop uh, there for a week or two. Um, that was a friend's and that one sounded the best. So I'm really hoping now I've got all of our gear is finally where it needs to be. So, you know, there's a little, little behind the curtain for everybody, but yeah, I have a real big boy computer now and it, it does all the cool things. So hopefully recording my voice is one of those. That's awesome. That is awesome. But you know, that's that's why we talking about it and that's why it's on the show because i we we need to let people know this this isn't a golden child like even joe rogan's first few episodes has some audio issues and problems so to know that it's an improvement we evolve like pokemon and there's always issues with the reese no one knows i had severe sinus problem so those who didn't think that I, let's say, didn't talk enough, I really couldn't because one, I couldn't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> and nope, listening yeah. back to that particular episode, you heard me inhale a couple of times, get kind of thing, because I couldn't really breathe. So I was like forcing air out of my mouth just as to say or ask a question. And Chris actually had the question <laughs> like, i was like I, my next question was this and he said i was like boom there we go we're good we can, right. we're good we're coasting we're coasting at this point and i believe i had sinus problem with westwood too i believe it was about like slowly getting away and yeah i had a little bit of sinus problem with the episode too so yeah there's a lot of behind the scenes things that people don't know about oh hell i mean even with the west episode um we had we had a scheduling mix up. Remember, yes. I actually ended up having something going on that evening at my yes. house, and where I usually record the podcast at, that room was occupied. <laughs> so, I legit, uh, you know, not very many people know the inner workings of my home, but I'm in my bedroom, 
uh, in a chair with my laptop on the laundry basket, my microphone on a makeshift stack of old Amazon boxes. (laughs) (laughs) And we did that whole podcast, me hunched over like Gollum in a cave. Like I was just like, (laughs) tell me more. Tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just so... Yeah, it's like again. So uh, one, I guess what I'm kind of leaning into with this is uh, there's a uh, a person that I will let for now remain uh, anonymous until they get all their stuff together. But they're loving what we're doing so much. They're starting their own. They're starting their own oh, podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, some, essentially, all he said was like, "Dude, if you can do it," and I was like, "Bro, <laughs> it really." But no, I told him kind of, you know, I, I was like, "I don't take care of a lot of the technical side stuff." I was like, "Taj does a lot of that." So. There's more to it than just click point go. I was like, yeah. you can do that. And I yeah. was like, but if you want the intro songs and the lead ends, the editing, you want to, you want to not sound dumb on certain things, you know? And again, we don't, I don't think we've shied away from that in the sense of like, oh man, I said something really stupid. Please get rid of that. We've kept it in. I mean, you've talked about it afterwards, like, oh, the Reese episode. Remember I called you. I'm like, dude, you, and I understand why we had to edit where we edited Reese was right in the middle of like saying a sentence and like it sat, she just had that lead in. She goes, okay. So anyway, and then I cut right. And I'm like, so tell me about the song. And I was like, dude, I sound like such an asshole. Right there. <laughs> you're like, yeah. you're like, when did that? Oh my, you re listen to it. You're like, oh my God, how did I not yeah. catch that? But I'm like, it's cool. I love it. Leave it. No, leave. do it guys. Like it's, it's definitely not easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you're gonna have bumps in the road. That's for sure. Uh, even in the editing side, there's stuff that you might have to go to YouTube Academy and figure it out. You know, there's a lot of things you have to figure out. Even down to the mics. Even down to the the laptops. Even down to what software to use. Um, it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of money to be be put involved, but definitely encouraged to do it because we don't nobody gets a chance to really express themselves the way they want to oh there and for sure i'm telling you we're on what like we said 13 15 episodes in and we're starting to find a voice yeah um so it takes time so don't Mm -hmm. don't think it's easy guys it it takes work yeah but trust in the process Absolutely. That's the motto. So, Chris, what is the topic for this week? If I recall correctly, we are talking music. Ooh, okay. Let's go for it. Hey. Right? We well, we said we got it, we got a couple things we could talk about, right? Yes, we do. Now we 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 gave ourselves a bit of a challenge. Now, which music you want to talk about, I will leave completely up to you because I know we picked four. Yes. We each picked, we each picked two. I have done nothing all week, but Obviously, two of my picked I've listened to over and over again. The two you sent me, same thing. I've listened to, I've re-listened to. I saw I'm up to snuff on all four. You you pick you pick an artist and we go. All right. So let's start with my choice. Um, let's go with Nika Costa. Her yes. album, Everybody Got there something was the first album released by her in 2001 and she performed the single like a feather on the chris rock show which was on a hbo the songs from that album which is a lot of funk and a lot of pop was featured in movies tv shows and commercials so 
I'm starting it slow with you, Chris, before I start <laughs> throwing in some crazy wild albums. What did you think about Everybody Got There Something? I initially started to have... Okay, so yeah, I when I listen to an album, I put it on one, I hit go, and I let it go completely through. I drink it in, and then I usually give myself a day to think which lyrics stuck out, which beats stuck out, whichever. Then I do it again. I Even if I want to hear a song really bad, I listen to the whole album again. And usually at that point, the second playthrough, after you've given yourself a day to marinate on it, two or three songs will absolutely just jump out to you. And then I think it's completely fine to just rinse and repeat those songs to pick out the things you like. What I dislike about when people listen to albums is they go, here's the single, right? And I used to do this. I listen to that single until I'm bored of it. Then I start exploring the rest of the album and I realize, oh my God, all these other great songs were on here. So for hers, that was really hard because there weren't many songs. There's a couple of the ballad songs on there that weren't my favorite, but the album as a whole was solid. And the first vibe that I got, and again, it's just us probably being fanboys, but was Reese. It had this weird mix of funk and rock and just its own little thing. Right. And I got about, I think it was the second playthrough. I got to a song that I don't think was that popular, but I'm like, where have I heard this damn song before? And so I looked, I was like, there's no way this came out recently. It just, it had that, the same thing like we talked about with her, it had that Dawson Creek, you know, uh, Gilmore Girls era vibe of music. Uh, Like, you know, that somebody running through the streets to stop the girl on the train kind of feel. And it was the song, uh, So Have I For You. Yes. That was my favorite song on the album. Oh, and so good. It, okay, so the I, I haven't dove into the background of her. I really just wanted to bring the perspective of the music for me. Um, but has that song been in stuff? Because I just keep listening to it. And I'm like, I've heard this song before 2022. I just don't know when and where. Um, that particular song, if I'm not mistaken, um, was was in TV shows, it was in movies, uh, particularly Crossroads, uh, ah. Britney Spears' first film, where it was the quote-unquote sex scene. But I think it was that particular song was the one that was on that scene. So. Well, both those songs are absolutely amazing. Um, if you haven't had a chance to go check her out, I, yeah, I, I wasn't sure how to pronounce her name at first. I should look it up, but it is Nika Costa, right? Nika Costa. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was like Nick A or Costa. Like, yeah. Yeah. It just, the, the, the A's are in the weirdest spots on that name. So yeah. Okay. Nika Costa. Uh, I highly recommend, highly recommend this album. Uh, her voice is amazing. I think me and you grabbed four so extremely different genres. Yes. Which I'm super proud of us for <laughs> like, Yes. I thought the first two I gave you, I'm like, oh man, he's going to be like this and this. And then you <laughs> gave me your two. I was like, the fuck? What? They, they were two completely different kinds of artists. Um, and I appreciate both of them because, yeah, like I said, there's, uh, I'm pretty opinionated. So if I think something's bad, you guys are going to hear it. Like, exactly. Um, exactly. And, and thanks to Reese for this segment, guys. It was her idea. It was her idea. And we were like, oh, my gosh, we never thought about it. Um, But no, uh, Nikki Costa is amazing. And how I discovered this album 
was probably 2001, 2002. And it came from like a thrift store. And I, well, I, well, let me reverse it. It was from the Chris Rock show and she did the, uh, like a feather and I love the live. So when you get a chance, Chris, go on YouTube, find Nika Costa, the like a feather Chris Rock show. And it will blow your mind. So when I found the album, I was like, I got to get it. And I love the album ever since. And obviously it was 2001. So my teenage, you know, little girl moment. <laughs> it was we all Nika had Costa, it. <laughs> we all it had was, it. And it was Reese. Like it was the same year that these both albums came out. So there you go. Chris, what did you have for me? What's your album? The one that I will pick to talk about. Let's let's see here. Cause I think you know we'll go we'll go with an easy one for me. Let's talk about Young Blood. Okay. I uh am such a fan of this kid. Um I found him, I want to say during COVID times. And he, he's definitely been around, you know, longer than that. Um, but obviously being home, working from home a lot, I was just listening to music. And I realized, a, I want to say, you know, early 2020 is like, man, concerts are going to go away and this and that. And so I started just looking around. I heard about uh, MGK's new like pop punk album. I wanted to listen to it and absolutely eviscerate it and it ended up being really good. Um, and he had this duet with this crazy haired kid in a dress um oh what was that song i think i'm okay yeah that was a kind of a crazy video it it really showcased his voice and i didn't really think much of it after that i was like okay whoever that kid was that machine Gun kelly sang with cool um and then i think i was cruising through tiktok and here pops up this kid again with this crazy black and red hair and lipstick and pink socks and a mini skirt on and he's doing an acoustic song of i think it was sublime he was doing it over the phone with somebody and his voice was so it almost had that that same like nirvana unplugged uh kind of vibe or uh allison chains unplugged it just was this guitar and this uh, super unique voice and at that point i was like okay i gotta look into this kid a little more and then the first song that pops up on YouTube at the time. Now, again, this kid is getting more and more notoriety every day. And I think here's, I think he's, if he's not already more of a household name, he's going to be very, very soon. Uh, the first video I watched was parents, which is him in uh, very outlandish clothing, essentially being this generation's, you know, Will Smith parents just don't understand. Um, but to an even ex more extreme manner, he discusses um, the opioid problems that teens are having, the unacceptance of sexuality that parents don't have for their kids. And really his backstory is he came from, um, I believe, somewhere outside of Liverpool, uh, somewhere in Great Britain, um, extremely uh, strict, extremely conservative kind of place. And if you see the kid, you'll understand that that's not him. He is very much an individual. Um, and as crazy and outlandish as he is, he's an amazing writer. His music is absolutely amazing. 
He's done songs, like I said, with MGK. He's done songs with Halsey. Uh, him and Halsey dated for a while. Um, he has a really great song with, um, I can never remember the lead singer's name of uh, Thousand or Imagine Dragons, but uh, Dan something. They have a great song together. Um, he's got a ton of new songs coming out. Like the kids everywhere. Um, my friends absolutely hate him um, because when I first introduced them, um, you know, I, I don't want to say that like, they listen to the music and they were like, oh, this is amazing. They listen to it and they're like, okay, it's like another pop punk kid. And I'm like, no, check this song out. And then we listen to another song. And they're like, okay, so they're, he's trying to rip off Oasis. And I'm like, all right, now check this song out. And they're like, what is he, a rapper? I'm like, exactly. That's my point is that every song he has, it has its own individual sound and tone. And what absolutely sold me on this kid was I was finally really getting into him. And I watched him at a concert. I cannot remember what the concert was, but it was obviously the biggest one he's ever been to. He comes out crazy energy. He's got his, you know, his little mini skirt on. He's got his big pink sunglasses, his pink socks. He's running all over. He's all crazy. He's about four or five songs in. And as a musician, I can tell you right now, like this feeling, I felt it on such a small scale to see it on such a large scale is what literally I will follow this artist the rest of my career. I don't care if he never drops another album again. He'll still be on social media. It'll be one of the people in 20 years. Are like, remember that one song? No, I, I think he's great. He's doing a song. It's one of my favorite songs. Uh, it's called um, I Love You, Will You Marry Me? And it's super upbeat. It's very uh, post-British punky um, with a new age twist. But I couldn't, you can't even see the back of where the fans are. So I don't know if it's Warped Tour. I don't know if it's, I don't know. I don't know if it's Rock on the Range where he was at, but you can't even see the end of the fans. And um, he cuts away from the mic for a minute just to kind of get, see if the crowd will sing. And this overwhelming boom just starts singing along with him like, I love you. Will you marry me? Oh, what a shame of reality. And he literally has his hands up and his eyes go wide when he realizes all these people know the lyrics to his song and his hands just drop on top of his head, mess up his hair and everything. And he literally almost starts crying and he looks back at his band and he looks back out the crowd, runs up to the mic and starts singing it. And you could just see in that moment, just that, that quick three second clip. And I literally have made my wife watch it like 10 times. She's like, yeah, I got it. He's, he's overwhelmed. Cool. I'm like, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. Like, just it's such a cool moment to see a young artist realizing the work that they're doing is being heard by people. And especially for him, that's his message is to be an individual and love yourself, love the people around you, let people be who they are. And it, it, it's an amazing moment. Like I said, if you're bored, you can, you can find it, go to YouTube, put in young blood, look for a live concert where he comes running out on stage to the song 20 21st century liability. Uh, another great song. He's jumping. He's getting the crowd interactive. Look for the song. I love you. Will you marry me? You'll get one of the best five seconds of music that. And again, it's not the music. I'm not sitting here telling you he's like Led Zeppelin or, you know, Alice Cooper or anything. He's just a very young artist that has a great future ahead of him. And to see him acknowledge that when you have so many artists that are coming out now that are not humble, they don't appreciate a lot of shit and everyone's trying to be cool. To see somebody not be cool makes him so fucking cool. So to me, I will always love this kid. His individualism, his 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 uh, fearlessness and being who he is 
uh, to me, is amazing. Uh, a lot of people don't. There's a ton of criticism around him um, because of how he dresses and because of what he wears and uh, even some of his songs. I mean, I don't find anything about them to be um, ludicrous or rude in compared to the other musics that I listen to. It's a lot of his imagery. A lot of his imagery would, uh, you know, come with like cross-dressing or being feminine. And in the world we live in, there's still people that are afraid of that. And it's unfortunate because um, like a song like Loner from him, it literally has just those uh, late 90s, early 2000s, Oasis, uh, Verve Pipe kind of feel. And the song itself is amazing. The lyrics are amazing. It's one of the coolest I can't even say pop punk. I would almost say like grunge punk vibes to it. Um, and again, people would never give him that chance because of how he looks. And it's, it sucks that we still live in that world. But to me, great artist. Taj, tell me you love something about the kid. <laughs> I hate him. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Youngblood is amazing. And I believe if it's if it wasn't time for him before, it's time for him now. I think the the punk scene is uh, emerging again. And I'm happy for that. I'm glad yes, that these yes, guys yes. are coming out because they should be around. It should have been around. It wouldn't there shouldn't have been a reason. Um, why punk died. I don't think it died. I just think it was pushed back to a point. Um, but thanks to MGK and his albums, yeah. both of them, to be honest, is amazing. I don't yeah. think MGK uh, shifted genres. He was punk to begin with. He's always been a rock star, for sure. He's always been a rock star. His His shows were punk. His music was punk. Just he was just rapping. But yeah. Youngblood is—I don't want to say the the originator, but he is one of those guys that if you listen to him, you hear those albums of yeah. MGK. And I'm yeah. not saying that is a copy. I'm talking about that if there's a path, Youngblood it was the one that that was pushing the path more in the UK. And yep. he has this David Bowie-ish vibe to him. He has this um, no fucks given. And his story personally is encouraging uh, the young ones to be themselves and who, who don't care about anybody else. Uh, be yourself, love yourself. And I love that, that motto for him. Um, the album was amazing. I think it's a good introduction for those who don't um, understand him. It's a full, almost autobiography of what he wants to say and do. And his next album, his his next one was this continuation of it. Um, Medication was like my my song. I love you. Will you marry me? Was another one. Uh, Kill somebody is is interesting. I like that. Very um, different. Yeah. Very different, but that guy is definitely he's he's gonna show up if it's not this year, it's gonna be next year. Um, he's in he's in that pack with MGK, Mod Son, uh, Avril Lavigne. He's in that pack, so he's going to pop up. And when he does, it's it, there's no you bet on him, you bet on young blood, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, the only reason that my friends dislike him is because uh, when I first started bringing him up, like it was all I was listening to for like months and so a lot of my buddies were just like god this kid again so then i 
people who know me, like if I find something that annoys you, I, I'm that pro- I'm going to double down on it a little bit. <laughs> so, like we would play video games. I would create characters that look like him with the pink stripe. And, <laughs> and my friends would just be like, why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> my one buddy really got me into like one of the Final Fantasy games and like the creation on that's really good. And so for months, he'd been trying to talk me into it. I'm like, fine, I'll try it out. And he was really the one that was just like, okay, can we listen to something else now? That's all I did was I recreated Youngblood as a character. My name was Youngblood X13. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to play with you, but I'm going to annoy you. Why do we do? <laughs> and yeah, like you could go up in game and like talk to people and like have little quotes that you could like save as like emoticons. And mine was, I love you. Will you marry me? <laughs> people would respond <laughs> back and be like, young blood and he was like you've ruined my favorite game for me i'm done i'm I, thank you i now have to go be a call of duty player now so <laughs> but no, oh and and shout out to travis Bar- barker he's oh, part of yeah. that pack as well he if not anything he's definitely holding you know passing the torch that's i don't want to say hold a torch yeah that's the grandfather of that he you know? is the he is the snoop dog yeah. of punk rock he is he is and again um there's a live performance with Youngblood and Halsey, and I don't know if they were dating at the time. They weren't together very long, but they wrote a song called 11 Minutes, and the music video is captivating. It's enticing, but their live performance at, I believe, I can't remember if it was MTV or VMA Awards, but it's amazing. His vocal range is insane, and I'm a huge fan of Halsey. Check out 11 Minutes. If you want a song to, like, rope you into like am i going to give this kid a chance and you're a person like me that hangs on lyrics and what they mean and what they say uh there's a part i wouldn't call it a breakdown i would call it like a segue after the second chorus where some people have breakdowns other people have hey we're just gonna put in this whole different section of a song and then it fits and it's this ridiculous harmony by them um that is just so cool that i i would i would literally tattoo the lyrics on me of what they say in that part because it's it's such a great song and homage to like i love you so much my own life doesn't matter kind of thing and right there there needs to be like more romantics like that in the world um like i said man everyone's trying so hard to be cool nowadays and i've always told people the the coolest way to be cool is not worry about being fucking cool. That's what yeah. made Jane, that's what made Jane Zine cool. It's what is, you know, it's what made Elvis cool. They didn't give a shit if you thought they were cool. They just did what they wanted to do. Somebody like Bono, right? I, okay, I don't think Bono's the coolest guy in the world. But again, I watched a thing in like 1992 or three where he pulled a girl up on stage, never even looked at her. He just held her in his arms and sang with or without you. That girl will never forget that. And there were a hundred thousand women in that crowd that were like, I would give anything to be that girl right now. Like being cool. Isn't about what, you know, your peers say about you or even what other people think about you. It's about you being you all the time. You never turn it off. Right. It's just you. And that's cool. Yes. Yes. I, I completely agree. I, I love you too. Uh, the band. Uh, I'm, Big fan of them. So knowing about Bono, yeah, he's he has this energy about him to where it's his own energy. So people hate him because it's him. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's no different with MGK, you know. Yeah. The only thing that I've ever disliked. Okay, I, I won't say only. 
I didn't really care about MGK, to be honest with you. Like, as a rapper, I heard his stuff. I'm like, okay, cool, rapper. His music's all right. When he decided to get into it with Eminem, I was like, mm, that was a fucking mistake. And again, I didn't even, <laughs> it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It, if I heard, um, uh, who's somebody that doesn't mind beefing with Joe Budden, stupid ass. Uh, trying to think of somebody that, like, lyrically, I, like, if Kendrick Lamar came out and said, I got problem with M and we're going to go at it in the studio. I'm calling into work. <laughs> you know, like if I hear Kendrick Lamar and Emma are about to go at it, nah, I'm gonna need some vacation time. <laughs> but when I heard like MGK send shots at Eminem, I'm like, oh shit, that sucks. That that kid had a pretty decent career ahead of him. Okay. And he made the best move he could have ever made. He was like, all right, that didn't, I guess, go as planned. Or maybe it did. Maybe it gave him all the notoriety in the world to be like, hey, check out this pop punk album I did. But you know what? The the side story on on that, it was just a thing. Mm-hmm. He he wanted to do something, you know, just yeah, well, I'm just gonna do this. Well, and he, did. he asked and Travis, and yeah. Travis was like, Yeah, all right, cool. And they made an album, and it's the staple of who he is. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, the only thing I've seen him do recently that I haven't liked is um, he had a TikTok where, you know, people try to act like they're, how do I want to say this? Like, if somebody's like, you're short and you're short and you do that thing, like, oh, I'm short. You know that that actually affected the person acting like it didn't. Right. So he just had that TikTok where he's like, oh, I'm not emo enough. And he's like putting on the eyeliner and stuff. Oh, I'm not emo enough for you. You guys don't think I'm emo enough? I'm like, Bro, that's letting people know that, that that's getting to you. Like it is getting that. to him. It it's is. like whole second album is <laughs> is based on people mm. complaining about him. Yeah. Uh it's it's very Eminemish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, I like I, the album, but literally almost every track is it's like a Olivia Rodrigo. Her whole album was about the guy who broke up with her. Is that the girl that ripped off Paramore? And yeah. And okay. don't get me wrong. The, the album's great, you know, but it's like, we get it, girl. Like, <laughs> we get it. You better stop. Taylor Swift's going to write an album about you. Yeah, back up. <laughs> Stepping on her toes. Oh, man. So my second album to give to you to review is one that not many people have heard in the U.S. It was hard um, to swallow. I ain't gonna lie to you. That one was, at first, I'm like, what in the hell did he give me? Exactly. And that's the reason. <laughs> that is the reason. Dude, uh, do it. Go on I, talk I, about him for a minute. I, Let's hear it. I definitely gave you the, the uppercut on this one. Um, but it came out in 2002, so obviously these albums, Reese and, and, and Nika and, and the streets were were something I was getting myself involved with. Thanks to much music, they were playing a lot of that stuff. But the streets is the band and there's only one guy. His name is Mike Skinner. Uh, he was once dubbed the UK's Eminem, not because he's killing people or talking bad about his mother. He's he was really. <clears throat> talking about more about his personal life and things that was going on but original pirate material was skinner's first album and during that time it received a lot of good reviews 
in the UK. I think it kind of peaked through in the US and then it kind of disappeared. Uh, he did make more music afterwards, but it's very. Uh, if Youngblood is the punks UK, <laughs> this is the offbeat of that. It's very, uh, even to this day, like there's, there's good handfuls of songs from that album that I like. Um, and I still vibe to, to this day. And it's very deep, like language, broken English, oi, and blokes and geezer, no mine. Every song he talks about an old geezer, old geezer, geezer needs excitement. <laughs> if I could figure out how to actually make my microphone pop on purpose, that would be the streets. Geezer, geezer needs excitement. <laughs> oi, oi, oi! Hold it now, blood. Your head's getting blurred. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah when like you threw this at me i was like oh i must have downloaded the wrong thing because this doesn't make sense um and then it kept going and i was like no this is exactly some shit taj would listen to yes absolutely <laughs> and I I, I I i stuck to it man it was hard but i stuck to it i gave it the full album listen and i at the end of it i'm just like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and I and then again, this is why I stick to the process because that night, right as I'm laying in bed, I'm like, shop I'm like, fuck. Yes. <laughs> Go in the next day. I listen to it again. It gets up to the song Sharp Darts. And I'm like, vibing. I love sharp darts. <laughs> and yeah, and then it got to uh the irony of it all. Yes. Amazing. Especially when I realized what year it came out in. I was like, oh shit, this was um uh not Stan. Uh da, 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 da. what was the Eminem song where he's in his own head? Him and Dre. Um at the graveyard to find his wife in bed with another man. Let's see how he react. Uh yes. I can't uh, guilty conscience. Thank you. Okay, Jesus. there we go. Yes. This Ooh. is the UK's guilty conscience. Yes. This is a guy talking about like He's an angry British, you know, hooligan. I'm drunk in the streets and it's perfectly fine and it's legal. And then the, the music even changes. The music's loud and it's ruckus. And it's like, we're drinking, we're fighting, we're causing mayhem. Duh, duh, duh. I'm a good law citizen. Blah, blah, blah. And then it goes to this like real lighthearted, like ding, 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 music where it's like, I like to smoke a little weed and talk with my friends. And I guess yes. it makes me a criminal. Like, and it just, and it goes back and forth like that from, Oh, you get out of here, you stupid druggie. And it's like, no, yeah, just there's, you know, there's a plan on this earth. We like to smoke. And my, me and my friends get a little philosophical when we talk about funny things. And it's like <laughs> that, that back yes. and forth was so fucking cool to me. I was like, okay, there's something more here. So, yes. Uh, yeah. Like I said, Sharp Darts is the one that the music really got me. Hasn't come to this was really fucking cool. Too Much Brandy was a really good one. Yes. Um, and yeah, so. I will say this. What blew my mind about the two albums you gave me was with uh, Nika Costa's album. The first five to six songs to me are the best. The album trails off a bit because there's a lot more ballads towards the end of it. Right. Um, the streets was opposite. Uh, it started off so fucking weird. Like turn the page. I understand it was like a popular song for him. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't like it. 
I've, I've tried re-listening to it and re- anything that has a star, you know, on your iPhone and iTunes is like their bigger hits. Right. And I'm like, how was this like the thing when like sharp darts isn't even considered a good song, but by song seven, eight, nine, all the way to the end, they're all amazing. His lyrics got better. It's, it's almost like <clears throat> he knew like, okay, I, I have a feeling people are going to skip the first few songs. I need to put my hitters in the middle and towards the end. And then, like, Nika Costa was the opposite. She's like, I need all my best shit up front. So I almost wonder, I'm like, did he do that on purpose to make sure I listen to the whole album? Like, <laughs> Right, you know? right. But, yeah, they just, they were such different album builds. And, again, I, listen, to anybody listening to this, we're going to reference Reese every fucking <laughs> chance we get. <laughs> we will. Okay. <laughs> but she told us, like, hey, when it comes to building an album, there isn't just your input. There's your producer there's your manager again reese thank you that girl gave us so much more insight to oh, every man. fucking album i listened to i'm like who made the decision to make that and then even further than me on that when she started telling us the story about you know the the the, the presidents of record companies being like oh i want to add some strings in here to get a producer credit now i'm listening to songs and all of a sudden you'll hear and I'm like, who made that fucking choice? <laughs> who made who threw in that fucking trumpet that was not necessary? But, <laughs> but no, the uh the albums were man, they were both uh so individual and so cool. Um, very different. I will say this: it was a lot easier to listen to Nika Costa than the streets. But again, as an artist and as somebody that hangs on lyrics, uh, I have to give mad props to the streets because. British hip hop is hard. It they, is hard. They rap in a very, very different way than American hip hop. Yes. I, I can't even fathom the timings on some of them sometimes. And especially like you said with that, oh, blimey blokes. He made it sound cool. And that's not always like an accent or a a, a style that is cool. You know, it's just, it's and not. I think, <clears throat> and, and for me, I've, I, purposely picked those two because you know you you only knew me after the point like there's different eras of me right so right. you you met me in a different era so a lot of people didn't really know that particular era of me and during that time i was venturing off from the pop and and in all that craziness that was from the U.S. And I was really diving into things that were overseas. And a lot of uh, uh, Canadian uh, artists was popping up and a lot of U.K. especially. And I was digging the U.K. Uh, songs. So when uh, Let's Push Things Forward was the music video that popped up on Much Music. I dove in. And ever since then, I wanted to know what a bloke was. I want to know what a bird was. And I was <laughs> and I was watching, was it a uh, virtual sexuality, which is a UK movie. And they were calling them Hoovers and, and all the and I was loving the language to the point where I was using it <laughs> in my conversation. I was like, oh, that, <laughs> that bloody bloke. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. What are you talking about? I've been and there. I, I, I love the culture and I, and I believe that the streets gave you the culture at its realness and us Americans didn't really vibe to it because it wasn't, you know, ringing in true, but it was ringing in true to the UK. And now you have what they call it grime, um, which is now moving over to the US with the pop smokes and, and all that. 
the yeah. Donda album has a has a lot of that sound in it, but that came from the UK. And I want to say that uh, Mike Skinner was the one that was kind of pushing that sound, and it evolved to what it is today. So that those uh, yeah. why look at uh look at TikTok. They are starting to grab up uh, Dutch hip hop. They are grabbing uh, the M to the beat, M to the beat, M to the that that whole thing. Like that's yeah. all British stuff. Like the world is the most connected it's ever been. It's so easy right now for people to communicate and share things. And right. You know, between TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, things like that. Like it's crazy to look back on these artists like Reese and the streets and Nika Cotton. They would have been so much bigger now because there's so much more of a fan base for them that they could have reached. It, it really is crazy to me to think about that. Like, you know, we thought the two thousands were so advanced. I mean, we were just talking about Y2K the other day at work because there's a girl that is like 20 years old. She didn't know what that was. Yeah, she wasn't, she wasn't born yet, and we're like, "Holy shit!" Like, <laughs> and you work in a professional place, like, but yeah, like that's it's just crazy. One generation, ten years can go by, and your style of music, whatever. Again, like we talked about with Reese, with Reese, bringing her up every <laughs> chance we get. But you know, we asked her that question: Did you ever feel like you know your music just came out ten years before it should have? Because she always was kind of ahead of her times. Absolutely. And I feel that way with the, these guys too. I will say I think I think Nika Costa was perfect for that era. Yes. I, I won't I won't say that any song really jumped out to me to be like, oh man, if that would have hit in the 2010s. I think she was great for that era. That music was cool. I thought the streets was like an artist you were showing me today, and it's 20 years old. And I was like, I would oh shit. Okay. He was doing stuff not just lyrically, but musically. That would I get why he probably isn't a bigger name because that shit's cool as shit now because it doesn't sound like anything else. Right. And I sure as hell didn't sound like anything else back then. So nobody probably wanted to touch it. Everybody, again, according to Reese, <laughs> every producer was trying to put people into these boxes so they could sell albums at that time. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, like I said, I, I will forever take her insight on everything because now I look at everything differently. And for the listeners to add in, according to Reese, let me add on. <laughs> if you ever look at the the credits, the writing credits, preferably, it's just like the nutrition facts, right? Your first three or four is your top uh, ingredients. Those are your top bills. And then it would drop down to your last person that would get a check. So... I know there are memes back in the day and it's still kind of circling now where they had like Queen and they only had like one or two people writing the songs. And then there's Bieber and there's 20,000 people underneath and they're like, well, right. there's real music. It's not about the real music people because to be honest, Justin Bieber is a very talented person. It's the yep. business that comes in and destroys what you do. So a look at the, look at the names and then you start to see why the industry runs the way it runs, i.e. Beyonce. That's a whole different topic. But Beyonce didn't write most of her songs. They, the Bayhive's going to get mad, but it's true. You just lost all of our fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It Google is. It. It, it, is. it is. And then to know that her father, according to Kelly Rowland, there you go. Purposely had Beyonce be top bill during Destiny's Child. 
Neo, who wrote the song Irreplaceable, to the left, to the left. He had a demo. I have the demo in my hard drive with him, only him. He said, because, quote unquote, Beyonce just gave her flavor is why he gave her the first credit. So to know that, that's just that's just that business. But then look into the bigger labels that Reese brought up. Yeah, there's reasons. And the reason is 72 years after you pass, this is from my knowledge of um, being in college for entertainment business. 72 years after you pass, you still get paid as a writer. 72 years after you pass, you still get paid as a writer. It's legacy shit. And every time you get played on radio, TV, or anywhere else, as a producer, you get paid. So that's why you turn on that radio and you hear the same song every single time. Yep. That damn stay song. It's always it. money. It's always because money. there's money involved. There's money yeah. in music. So anyway, I had to say that. Thank you, Reese. And I'll be honest. If, yeah, if you can, if you can find an artist that legitimately like writes their own stuff, okay, hang on to that. That is such a rarity nowadays. Yes. And what's also going to blow your mind? Do a little research. You're going to find out that there's an artist that you might look at like a one hit wonder has probably wrote like twenty or thirty pop hit songs ten years after their songs were famous. Yes. That keeps popping up for me. I can't remember yes. who the hell the artist was. It was something, some rando. I'm like, oh yeah, they had that one song. And it was like, oh, they wrote this song for Chris Brown. They wrote this song for Katy Perry. They wrote this song for uh, Kesha. I'm like, the hell? Like, they didn't even write pop yes. songs. They were Linda like Perry. Pop- Linda Perry. Linda Perry. She was the one, uh, Four Non Blondes, the biggest song now. It, it was only one hit wonder back in the day. Oh, shit. Yeah. And Linda Perry wrote music for Christina, Christina Aguilera, Pink. And so many others today. And she yeah, only yeah, had yeah. one hit wonder. I I was like, why do I know that name? And then, yeah, when you said, for, yeah, no, nope. she, yeah, she's done. Yeah, she did uh, Beautiful, didn't she? Yes. Yeah, she did Alicia Keys. Yes. Stefani. Yeah, I remember that now. Yep. Um, And again, like, so me and my buddy were in the garage talking music the other day. And, uh, he asked me something about the podcast. He's like, you know, you guys ever going to talk about like your favorite artists or your favorite songs? I'm like, dude, you have no idea how wide that net is. Like, you know, that's kind of like asking, you know, give me a coffee cup and being like, Hey, fit the ocean in here. Like there's so many different genres and styles and things like that. Like, uh, and what it boiled down to is I told him, I was like, I'll always have a love and affinity for Dave Matthews. Band. Yes. He, he just gave me this look. He's like, I just never got into Dave Matthews band. And I was like, well, see, that's, that's, I was like, here's where me and you differ when it comes to music. I, when you say something like that, what it says to me is like, oh, I don't like the style of Dave Matthews band or his music style, which a lot of people like to call him a jam band. Okay. They've been playing music now for almost 40 years. Yeah. There's not a genre they haven't done. There's not a person they haven't collabed with. There's not a, uh, a style that they fit into they maybe jam band is the best explanation but i told him i was like beyond uh you know um ants marching and um uh what was the other one uh god what's the other big song they have for me it's hard because like 
their big songs to me just mixed with all their other songs like dancing nancy's number 41 warehouse uh two-step like th- to me those are their big songs but like i know like ants marching was a very popular one and then crash into me i guess that would be the other big one right. those are songs i stopped listening to 15 years ago because i was introduced to Dave matthews band like as a freshman in high school so those were the songs i listened to were like oh crash, yeah you know crash into me and ants marching I don't listen to them anymore because that's not the Dave Matthews that I know and love. Um, like Gravedigger is one of my favorite songs. And that's still like 10 years old. Um, uh, what's the other one that I, I really like? Um, I love every day. Every day. Yeah. Uh, is another one. Uh, Shake me like a monkey. Um, yeah. I, I, I could, the, the whole entire Grugux King album, uh, other than that song that was like shown on the NFL for a little bit. It was never pushed hard unless you were a Dave Matthews fan. You didn't chase it, you know, and but that whole album after uh, I can't remember his name and I, I'm going to punch myself later when I'm listening to this, but their saxophone player died mm-hmm. in the yeah. middle of recording that. And the live version that they did of. Uh, God, I know so many of their damn songs, they all blend together mm-hmm. sometimes, but that's what I can do. Um, I can literally between my phone or YouTube, I can just put in Dave Matthews hit play and work around my house for six, seven hours and never skip a song. To me, that's just an artist that I can do that with. It doesn't matter what song comes on for me. I've got almost 40 years of music to listen to. And the stuff that's on the radio to me just isn't, I've heard it. I'll hear it in the supermarket next week. I don't, I barely even like, I love that little drum intro to ants marching with the snare drum. You know, yeah, like when I hear it, my brain almost shuts off like, OK, we've listened to Ants Marching 8000 times. Move on. But yeah, like like I said, number 41, Dancing Nancy's, all those songs like uh, Under the Table and Dreaming. Uh, to me, Dream Girl is one of the greatest romantic songs I've ever heard. Um, what and- would you say is my best one? I love yes. that. Yes. It's just what would you say? Yes. But yeah, like he's. And if you ever watch him like uh, play guitar and sing the way that he does both the notes that he does, the only person I've ever seen even rival that is like Claudio Sanchez uh, from Coheed and Cambria, the ability to have two separate parts of your mind working, mastering two different parts of music while playing and singing to me, like I said, he'll just always go as unmatched. And my buddy, literally, I had the same exact rant, you know, like, Oh, this is it. He's like, just looking at me. And I was like, all right, just listen to this song and tell me if you don't like Dave Matthews. And I think I literally played for him Gravedigger. And he's like, oh, I didn't even know he did like country stuff. I'm like, bro, <laughs> for one, I wouldn't call that country. It's definitely like a folk kind of feel. But then I was like, now check this song out. And for the next hour, we listened to nothing but Dave Matthews. And he didn't even really realize it. He's like, yeah. you've been listening to Dave Matthews this whole time. I'm like, yes, this is the stuff that wasn't on the radio. And that's the stuff I love. Like. And, and I'm glad because I'm starting to notice like a consistency in that with like, you know, the people we talk to, she will go as unnamed, but she liked the fact that I picked out some songs that weren't that popular. And she's like, those are really your favorites. I'm like, they really were. I think the popular songs are great. I burn myself out on them because I'm like, yep, these are good. Why is this? I, to me, I go analytical with it. I'm like, why did, why was this cool? Why was that? And then when I find a song I just enjoy, I just let it pop up. I don't burn it into my head, you know? And then when it comes back around, I'm like, Ooh, that's that song I like a lot. And so, um, yeah, with, you know, especially like these artists so far that we've talked about, like, that's 
I like all their popular songs, but I like their weird shit even more. And, you know, it's uh, one day we will have an episode about what's our favorite artists and our guilty pleasures, because I will say this. There, I can't necessarily say that they have a one hand wonder. I guess they do, but they have a lot of good songs. Um, and if anybody went to the Bogards and not know who this band was and just listen, they would have had an amazing time. Hanson. Hanson, people. <laughs> Don't Hold sleep on, on Hanson. I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> you can laugh you, with me. It's fine. No, the thing is, you're not, you're not wrong. You're because not wrong. Their acoustic shit was amazing. The, the, a, oh. a, a friend of, our, uh, of ours invited us to see Hanson in Cincinnati one year. And we went. And... Man, I, I'm not a judgmental guy when it comes to music. I love music of all, all shapes and all. But when I tell you that was an amazing show, that was an amazing show. And they didn't even perform Umbop yet. I've, I've heard it's really good. I've heard it's really, really. I've listened to some of it. My wife is a big handsome fan. And Anthem was the year. It was like 2010. So Anthem album came out. And that whole album was just killer and i went back to work and at work we, we were able to burn cds so the manager at the time always had me like make the cd so i made a cd i popped it in i didn't tell him what was in it and there was two songs that i had purposely in in, in areas of the cd and i was just watching him and he starts to groove he starts to nod his head and he's like man I like this song. Like, you like this song? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you grew up into it. I see you bobbing your head a little bit. You about to put your shoulders up. I see. He's like, yeah. I was like, it's Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> he had to go wash it off. He's like, you shower. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? So we played that for like a good hour, like on repeat, because he didn't, he didn't realize that the song fired up was Hanson. And I'm like, man, don't sleep with Hanson now. They killed it. So, yes, yes. We definitely have to have an episode about artists that we like throwing it back and forth and just talk about it because I, I got I got a collection, bro. I'm ready. Uh, same, same. I'm ready. I keep trying to figure out, like, how I'm going to work DeAnford into a conversation, but we're just not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your next album you give me? Ooh, ooh, we'll talk about an underdog. Uh, I don't think I've ever been more excited, maybe other than Youngblood, to find an artist. Um, and I can thank uh, Facebook memes for this one. Same exact, same exact thing, same exact time. COVID hit, uh, was working from home a little bit. Uh, and I was a huge fan of a band called The Civil Wars. And uh, they split up and I followed both artists. Um, John Paul white, I believe was the man's name. I don't know his album. I listened to it. It wasn't that good. Uh, he's always been a really good uh, guitarist and a really good harmonizer. He had a chance to do his own album for me personally. I didn't think it was that great. 
On the other hand, Joy Williams' album was fucking amazing. Uh, her ability to write hooks and her voice, uh, everything. Uh, I, th- I think the album's called Canary. I'm not sure. That's just the first song I heard on it. But that, again, is an album that I can press play on turn one and go to work. I can be creative. I can do whatever. Her voice ropes you in. And so I was on a very large kind of country kick there for a while. And thanks to Facebook, I kept seeing this meme that had this uh, red-haired hillbilly dude standing in a river with a jean jacket on. It was like everyone talking about, you know, real country not existing and Tyler Childers just out here playing music or something like that. Or if, you know, people if the country music awards want to get their ratings up, why isn't Tyler Childers on there? So, yeah, Tyler Childers. Uh, holy shit. Um, I, he just kept popping up into the Joy Williams thing and I kept skipping it. I'd pick like another song of hers or I would jump over like Luke Bryan stuff. And I finally was just like, all right, this kid's on Facebook and he's on here. Like, sure. I listened to the song Feathered Indians and I instantly was eight years old again. Uh, my mother pretty much uh, short of like Stevie Nicks and a couple other rock groups was Randy Travis, Travis Tritt, Brooks and Dunn, Alan Jackson, uh, John Michael Montgomery, uh, you know, Shenandoah, you name any 90s country. That was what I listened to growing up and I fucking hated it. I uh, mom was with a guy that same thing. He drove a semi truck and he was, you know, he was a country guy and he lived out in the country and I used to have to chop wood. And I just was like, I'm not a hillbilly. I'm not a hillbilly. And then I've, I've gotten older. I'm like, I'm definitely not a hillbilly, but I'm at least white trash. Yeehaw. So, <laughs> but like, I, I, I realized that I actually love that music. Uh, I really do. Like it, it just, it takes me back to being young. And I don't know if there's another country artist out there right now, which don't get me wrong. There are some pretty damn good ones, but I don't know if there's another country artist out right now that encompasses, um, I believe it was Luke. No, it wasn't Luke Bryan. Def shit was not Luke Bryan. It was Luke Combs. He wrote a song like, we don't need another country star. What we need is an outlaw. And he, the whole song's about, you know, pretty much we don't need another Rascal Flats. We don't need another Luke Bryan. We don't need another, you know, pop country star. We need a, a legit country boy or an outlaw to be out. He's like, he wants another Johnny Cash, another Wylan Jennings. That's Tyler Childers. He writes about working in a coal mine and his voice is ridiculous the songs are catchy as hell um i i could go i could spend the next hour telling you about tyler childers um i got an old guy at work uh named jeff and i years ago looked over my shoulder i noticed on youtube he was listening like metallica guys close to retirement and i'm like no shit like you're just not the demographic you think there would be come to find out he's just a music nut um and I mentioned to him because I noticed he was listening to Rockabilly one day. And I was like, well, hey, if you ever get a chance, check out, you know, uh, The Living End. They have a great song called Prisoner's Sight. He's like, oh, love Living End. He's like, I saw him back in 03. I'm like, what? Like, that's just not <laughs> a band, you know, a lot of people know. And so we've always talked music. And I know it's always been rock and roll with him. But I noticed the other day he was listening to... Uh, I can't remember what it was, honestly. I was just like, you listen to country too? And he's like, yeah, I was like, dude, there's this kid named Tyler Childers. 
He busts out his little notepad. He writes it down. This was two, three weeks ago. He stops me yesterday. He goes, man, I'll tell you what. Got that Tyler Chidles going on. He goes, that's a son of a bitch right there. I'm like, right? That I mean, Feathered Indians, Shake the Frost, Lady, Lady May. Holy shit. What a ballad. If anybody's ever watched Yellowstone, there's a scene inside of a horse trough with if you've watched it you already know it's it's two of the bigger characters they dance it's a song in the background it's the perfect fucking song I, I just there's no there's no other way to explain it it's the melody um the, the guitar the lyrics the the hook the, the, everything about it. everything about lady may to me and shake the frost is some of the best writing i've ever heard in my entire life and uh that's all I got. You know, the only thing that the, the only reason I can even fathom in my head and, and I fucking hate myself because this is just where my head goes with thinking like, why isn't somebody like this bigger? Uh, because again, and I, I'm really excited because I think one day we're going to do more of like a, a country episode. I, I, I know we'll get there. We, we, we have so many bases to cover. Um, country is one I'm really excited to talk about because I am one of exactly. the people that, that do believe. I mean, you've talked about this. There is a split, right? You very much have pop country, and then you've got, we'll just call it, I don't want to call it real country because I don't think that's fair to pop country, but you just will call it like outlaw country or southern country, whatever you want to call it. And like I said, on one side, you've got the Luke Bryans and the, the pretty, you know, the, the pop stars of country. And the other side, you've got literal redneck cowboys that want to do cowboy shit. And uh, yeah, so for somebody like Tyler Childers, I, again, found him during COVID, and I'm like, okay, he came out in like 2017, 2018, maybe just not enough people have heard him yet. And then in 2020, he came out with a video where he was a little bit kind of pleading to people in, you know, uh, more rural areas, you know, the Montana's, the Kentucky to say, Hey guys, you really should take a step back and look at what's going on with the black lives matter and, you know, understand what, what the, what, what, what we're trying to do here as a group. And I got to say, it's the one bad thing about country bands, country, not everyone's super progressive thinking, you know, on that side of the, the, the line. And I 100% believe that his career is on a crazy trajectory path to be ridiculously famous and that lost him fans. And it sucks that that's the world we live in. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fact that he came out and did that to me blew my fucking mind. Cause I, it happened like the week after I found him, I'm like, this guy, this is crazy. This guy's good. And then like, I saw the video and I was like, fucking kudos to him for standing up and saying that, but Holy shit. You got to, read the room like you're trying to be a country star that's that's not that's not the normal way to do it but yeah it it just it gave me more respect for him like i at that point i was like i'm in love with this kid and i I, again always will be though that's why those were the first two artists i thought to throw out to you because i just have so much admiration for how young both these guys are to me and how they're still, they're not even fully in their careers yet. You know, I thought it was cool. You gave me like some throwbacks and I gave you some newbies. So like, again, me and you just have this cool thing, but yeah, I will have the utmost respect for that man. Unless he comes out and says, or does something else stupid or, you know, changes his Mm -hmm. mind to try and get fans. I lose respect for him then, but that was two years ago. And he's still been like, yep, that's how I feel about it. And like, I'm like fucking good for you, dude. 
So for me, uh, to say to the to the fans and the listeners out there, there is a big stereotype uh, for those of color. And it's very interesting to know. And it's only because they don't really know the history of music, right? And once you understand understand the music history, and that's on both sides. I'm not going to say just on one shade or the other. It's both sides. There's always stereotypes on the internet. But for me, um, my mom grew up in Florence, Alabama. My dad was born in West Virginia. So there's a lot of country in my blood than most people realize. And as a DJ, I get hit with the stereotype. Uh, you know, I have braids in my hair. I typically wear black, like I'm a black Power Ranger. Uh, it's morphing time. But uh, <laughs> that's that's me. And when I step in to either a wedding or a bar, they always look at me and say, oh, there he is. Until I start playing some George Jones and some Johnny Cash and Conway Twitty. And then therefore, I'm the it guy, right? Which is fine. It's part of the job. It's, it's, it's reading the crowd and know what you want and be ready. So when Chris gave me uh, Tyler, I was like, okay. All right, I see what you got. I see what you're doing. And man, was I impressed, especially how young this guy is. Um, the storytelling in that particular Purgatory album uh, is impeccable. It's almost top notch. I mean, that album alone is should be a masterpiece. It should be a study um, of how to make music, how to write music, how to tell a story through um, through instrument. Uh, it's very old traditional country music with some banjos and fiddles. <laughs> and to be honest, that is what it is. It's, it's very old traditional country. And I'm not talking about, you know, old traditional Sania Twain. We, we're going damn near 40 years back of that. Oh, we're yeah. going 60 years back of that. We're talking about in the beginning of time when they picked up a banjo and started playing. Yeah, we're, we're they were beginning of music at this point, um, and and again, it's every album, every song back to back had a story. It, it puts you in the picture, mm -hmm. and it's not like today's music where up is up and it's up and it's up and it's up up and it's up and and the only <laughs> thing you got in your mind is being up. I don't know where up is, but we going up, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he tells you a story about two people. He tells you a story about himself. He tells you a story about the grass, like whatever it is. He gives a very detailed book novel in an audio style. And in you picture it, you feel it, you smell it. Um, Purgatory was definitely it, but it got me into wanting to know more. So the second album I listened to is exactly like the first is that good traditional good storyline good like traditional country sound with a modern storyline yeah it's really and cool. one thing i love about artists um and i will tell you this chris now uh the next album 
uh, I will let you listen to is a band called Mute Math. And they Math. are they are like a jam band. Um, and the album I would send you, Seamless. Track by track goes right in. And you look, and you're like, damn, I'm in track five. Um, and that is what Tyler's second album gives you. It's the back to track by track seamlessly. Um, and the best track of that album from the album is Creaker. I think I love that album, that track. That was a good um, one. But then I got into long violet history and I was also (laughs) mind blown. Yeah. I was mind blown because there was no lyrics, all instrumental track to track to track. And it was again, seamlessly. It was almost as if he was giving you kind of like a silent movie treatment. Where track by track gives you a story that leads to another part of the story, that leads to the climax of the of the film, and and it leads you to the 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 revealing of the film, and then down to the last track, and then you hear his voice. Yeah, genius, right? Then you hear what he is saying. Now, coming from the culture, quote unquote. Country tends to scare the black culture. And I'm not saying all of them. I'm saying those who don't know musical history, right? So, because typically everyone says it. I like all kinds of music, but country, right? So country is never really playing in the house of black folks. Not a lot of times. Now, and let me clarify, because I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash from saying that. Those who came from the South, those whose parents from the South, the great grandparents from the South, yes, they're cowboys. They listen to country music before they listen to R and B. They listen to country music before they listen to jazz. Now, oh yeah, Charlie they, Pride, fucking Cleve Francis, you Nikki go Guyton, down, like, yeah, yeah, like you go down There's to artists. the South. I'll tell you, I, I tell you what, you going down <laughs> to the South, you gonna have some fried fish. No matter who you going, you eating. <laughs> well, they what, fishing they hunting they doing it right yeah, some of the best country artists that you know like i said like you can't charlie pride alone like there, there's so many amazing uh like it blew my mind when darius rucker quote unquote made the jump right to country right and everybody's like oh or uh what was his name like cowboy troy a little before yeah. him like everyone's like oh it's never been done i'm like Shut the fucking Ray Charles used to sing country songs. Right. Okay? Yeah. Don't don't you're <laughs> you're convoluting the fact that there wasn't coverage in the South for African Americans in country music. They've always been right. country music like rock and roll is a fucking offseat of blues. Right. <laughs> don't tell and, me, you know, like and to be honest yeah. with you, and to be honest with you, and those will disagree, which is fine because you don't know your history. That's fine to get in. But <laughs> Country music didn't start from white folks. I say that. I say that. It was taken. It was taken. <laughs> this yes. is true. I, I'm the using the word taken. I'm taken. <laughs> it, it came from, l- listen, y'all need to get involved. That's a whole different story, y'all. That's, listen, PBS, anyway, 
So <laughs> it's a whole story. It's a whole different story. And a lot of people don't know that the history of music and how it came from, how it evolved and how it, all this stuff. They just know what they know and they run with it and they have their own opinions. And that is completely fine. But know that music is music and it makes you move. Cool. If it doesn't make you move. Cool. You like Pepsi. Some people like Coke. This happens. But the long, violent history, when it came to that last track, I was feeling some type of way. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't personal. It just felt that way. Music can do that. Music can move you into different ways of emotion. And as he was singing, the way he was singing it, the way the lyrics was pushing, and it just made me feel some type of way. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm getting what he's saying, but I'm not getting what he's saying. So it led me to dig deeper and to realize that he was taking a stand. And I watched that video, the six to eight minute video of him talking about that. And he was taking a stand to what was going on was a very, very, very brave move for a country artist. And um, then to know that that whole album is based on that particular song and it leads to that and it pulls you into that. That should have been best album of the year. Because well, it gave yeah. you that that feel. And I mean, granted, we didn't get nominated like that, but like you said, there was, and there is in in the country music industry, there is a very, very, very thick line between traditional country music and pop country. The CMAs is a laughing stock at this point with the traditional music yeah. artists. They do not. They didn't like Shania Twain. Mm-hmm. They didn't like her. They hated her when she came out. I remember when they told Alan Jackson not to play a song that he planned on covering for somebody that he thought should have won album of the year. So he played his song and then at the very end of it played about 30 seconds of that song and then never went back to the CMAs after that. Yeah. It's been like 20 some years. Yeah. He never went back because he was so upset the direction it was headed. Yeah. So I'm I, yeah, I'm with you. <clears throat> like it, it sucks because I, for a very long time, was like that. Through most of my 20s, I was like, I like everything but country. I'll listen to EDM, polka. I'll listen to rave music, like whatever, just not country. And then I realized that that was just me more than anything trying to be rebellious because, you know, where I grew up and who I went to school with. And I just really didn't want to be associated with, again, the stereotypes that go along with it. You know, I, I, I was pushing against those stereotypes so hard, I realized that then as I got older, I'm like, you're only a stereotype if you lean into it. Like I can like fucking country music and pick up trucks and everything else. And I can still sit and have a fucking podcast. With my best friend about fucking Kendrick Lamar and Snoop Dogg. So right. I realized I was like, I need to stop trying to be something and just be it. And so that's when I'm, I'm really glad I did. It was a few years ago now that I was just like, man, I actually, I, I as much as I say, I hated it. It just takes me back to being a kid. Yeah. H- hanging out with my mom on, on you know, fishing going hunting, hunting squirrels and birds and chopping up wood. And, you know, I've always lived in the country most of my life. Like I lived in Lima for a period of time when I was younger. I lived in, you know, the deeper parts of Lima in my twenties. And, you know, there's, there's always that side of me too. And like, I'm so happy about that. Like I said, we joke about that with Lima all the time. You can go to a rodeo and then also be in a gang fight in the same night. Like it just, it's, <laughs> that's Lima. 
<laughs> and for and for me to be honest, like not even 24 hours uh, ago, <laughs> we, uh, we were driving and my phone was on random and free and easy down the road. I go start playing. Uh, man, I forgot who was in the car. I turned that <laughs> up and I started singing and. I, and <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my, my wife looked at me for a second but she knew, <laughs> she knew. i was playing at 24 24 7 that year when that song came out but oh, my yeah. my kids was looking at me like dad turn is off i was like free and easy down i was in it i was in it <laughs> now <laughs> i get it i get it man it's the same thing like it's so easy, like for me, yeah. Cause, like, if I'm working in the yard or something, sometimes, like, don't get me wrong, there are, you know, some hip hop albums and some like punk rock albums I can listen to. And it's so weird now because the world is trying to paint people into such a box. Yeah. Again, just like Reese, Reese, Reese mentioned to us. <laughs> Everyone's always going to try and put you in a box. And I think it's really cool that me and you decide to do this because as long as I've known you, we've never been that we've always like, I remember the first time you started a song came on or something at B dubs. And I was like rapping along with it. And you're like, your head just started moving and you just got them all wide eyes. And you're looking at me. You're like, shit, he's doing it. He's doing it. White boy's doing it. And then like, you came over and you're like, you did not just rap that whole song. I'm like, that's a good ass song. And you're like, that's what's up. And a few years later, I just remember like I was drunk as a skunk somewhere and we, I don't remember if it was B-dubs, Terry's, one of the many spots we went to. And I just remember losing my shit because I think like Garth Brooks, you know, I got friends in low, low place. Yeah. Yes. And you came over and just threw your arm around me, started singing. I'm like, you know this shit? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I just, I think that was like the turning point for us. Like, damn, we are not normal folks, are we? <laughs> like, so yeah. And I think, like I said, for us to finally get around to doing this shit, uh it's just cool because yeah we could go from talking about frank sinatra to uh fucking anybody dre we could go from dre to alan jackson alan jackson to lizzo lizzo to my next album for you tom waits nighthawks at the diner good luck have fun i'll see you on the other side <laughs> uh, you're gonna give me some shit i got some shit for you I'm I'm ready for it. I'm ready for uh, it. But no, it's just that's what I'm so excited about for this. For is like, just like the streets. Like I, man, three songs in, I was like, God. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally driving to work, and I'm like, I have to listen to nine or ten more of these songs. <laughs> and I'm so glad I did though, because yeah, there's. And again, I challenge anybody, anybody listening right now, pick a fucking genre of music you don't like. Message one of us. Bet you we have an artist that we can name a song that you're listening to and be like, all right, that was pretty tight. Bet our musical knowledge between us, I think, is insane <clears throat> because of how we're not afraid to like break what we like and go try new things. If you have a genre and you're listening to this podcast right now, whether you're following Taj or whether you follow me, message us. Be like, you know what? I've just never really liked, I don't care what it is, EDM. I've never really liked country i've never really liked oldies give me give me a, a give me or taj a subject or a, a a genre bet you we find somebody that you come back and be like damn you're right i would take that i will 
I will bet a like, a subscription, a follow. I think I got a picture of me in a thong. Whatever you want. Bet. <laughs> bet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man i can't i can't wait once we get deeper in it because well my my choices is only going to get gayer <laughs> <laughs> you're like wait what wait a minute wait a minute i don't know man i, I came pretty strong with young blood you have to step it up well that's true you did say hansen that did say hansen see <laughs> it, it can go it can go bro uh, i don't want to talk about how many times i listened to aqua growing up <laughs> don't even take me there listen listen i had the cd single and i played it until it cracked out and to only realize five years later that the cd that i bought was performed by a whole different band i was sitting there <laughs> jamming to it it wasn't even aqua it wasn't even aqua it, it was probably blue blue ocean probably i don't know <laughs> aquafina i was jamming to it on an uh, anti-skip 30 second anti-skip oh, cd player shit. oh no <laughs> no 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 <laughs> i'm just telling you my uh my sisters were like obsessed with that song and or not that song that album so they had a song called fucking like Candyman was a good one. And yeah, uh, Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones, Jones, calling <laughs> Dr. Jones. And dude, that was like, I would, I would like close the blinds. I would turn the lights down low. <laughs> I'd unplug the phone back when you could unplug the phone. Yes. You know, nowadays you'd want to put a piece of tape over your webcam. I put on some <laughs> aqua, dude. I would just hit that shit, that little. Little, oh little man. yeah 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 just dancing i hear like a car go down the road i'd stop hide behind the couch I'm like they can't see me dance to this but dude aqua was the shit back you then. know so what okay so random question now we're talking about it what it what would be your guilty pleasure track the track that no one would ever expect you to play. And you already said it. You got to close the blinds. You got to cover the cameras just so people can't to hack into your system. And to Aqua, hear you. Say, Aqua was a, 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 a good one, but oh, man. Um, if I'm being dead ass, Truly Madly Deeply by Savage Garden. I like that song. I do. Yeah. I'm telling you what, right now, I I do the straight. Mm, <laughs> mm, that's one of them ones you grab. You grab your chest. You grab the shirt of your chest. You reach dead ass out for nothing, but you're reaching for <laughs> infinite, and you do that arm across, and you do that look towards the wall, like you're looking into her yes. soul. You do the step and the slide, and you step back and you slide the other way. That's that song that's, that's ooh, <laughs> you hit that back, you hit that step out, that temptation step out on that song. That's yes, that one, man. Yes, what you got, what you're guilty. Oh my gosh. Okay, so this track to this day, my wife laughs at me, and I don't care. My kids stare at me. I blare it. I, I'm I'm in the car with the windows down. Ooh, not even ashamed no more. With the hands up, just I don't care, but it's still it's still a guilty pleasure. It's so yesterday by Hillary Duff. 
Damn. I'm telling you. Damn. That jam. You can drop it anywhere. And I'm like, so yesterday, hey, doing a Dougie. I mean, I'm on it. I am on that song. I I, I would remove the blast. Look, oh, look, if someone shit. hacking into my computer, you're gonna be happy, you're gonna be happy and sad that you've seen what you watched. <laughs> no, I was that way. I was that way with the hill for a long time. <laughs> it's the climb. <laughs> it's the climb. <laughs> Dude, Miley had me for a minute. Oh yeah, that 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 is my song. No matter oh, what. Shit. Nah, I get it, man. No matter like, what. I want everybody to realize too, like it's okay to like dumb shit. Like I said, at some point on this podcast, we're gonna talk about Deanford. It's gonna happen. Yes, it's I, I think yes. Yolandi Vesa is the shit. I really do. I think Me Ninja, so freaky. Yeah, that's uh <laughs> like, know everything about them. Like from, no, they're dope. They're they're a little weird. They've got some bad publicity going on for a couple of years now, but like they're dope as fuck because they don't give a fuck. Like that if anybody starts to notice a trend about me, is like if you're unapologetically who you are. I love you so much more as a person. And those two don't give a fuck. Like, so yeah, like the weirder and the more different you are, come, come all the heathens. Like, let's go, let's get together. I love people who are unapologetically who they are. So, um, yeah, I, you know, to everyone, like, be yourself. It's okay to like dumb shit. Like, that's right. I like dumbass movies. My friends give me shit all the time because I'll sit and watch sci fi B movies all day. Well, probably right. B movies. I will watch Vel- <laughs> Velocipaster. I will watch Sharknado. <laughs> I will watch Octoshark 3. I don't give a fuck. I just w- I want to chill. That's all I want to do. Life's hectic. Life's crazy. If you can just sit down and have some dumbass fun, like enjoyment, just do it. Pick something stupid. Pick something you don't like and just do it. Just do it. Change your outlook. That is right. That is right. But before I say anything else. That's, a, that's as much I can play. That's as much I'm, as I can play. I'm, re- I'm really hoping that the audio doesn't come through at all. It just never happened. It just never, oh. ever actually happened. <laughs> it instantly happened. I was in there grooving to it. I, I, I was like, I'm going to play this. It's going to be my little goofy-ass moment oh, for the day. God. And I heard it. I was like, oh, I'm feeling it again. Like, <laughs> you ain't sleeping tonight. Good luck. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, so, Chris, as always, what is your positive? Thank you to Reese. Reese. Live the life you love and love the life you live. Tosh. In a world. (laughs) Why do we keep ending the podcast like this? (laughs) It's the third time. (laughs) It's the third time. God damn it. Oh, man. So as every episode always say, sabotage the negativity and find positivity. And I would say this, believe in the process. Yes. Always think positive and sabotage that moment. Cause believe me, what I said to you listeners is also motivational speaking for myself. So I'm not speaking to be like, oh, you guys don't do drugs. I'm over here snorting. You know, that's not. 
<laughs> you know, that's not the case. I'm I'm giving you the advice because it's also giving me the same advice for myself. Um, and it worked, people. It worked. I talked about in Westwood uh, episode where my avatar blue vehicle was put putting down to Cleveland. And child, when I tell you, when I put too much money in that vehicle, something else broke down and I was days away from a wedding. Which will be in a couple days as we're recording. And I said, you know what? It's time to go. Now, one, I'm not naming names, but one dealership laughed at me through voicemail. You know, me being goofy, they're more like, hey, we know that your credit score is like the we symbol. And now it it evolved to a sad face. But we need a thumbs up, not a sad face. So thank you. (laughs) Right? So... There was another dealership that says, well, we looked into it and realized that you really don't have established credit. So come on in, see what we can do. In less than three hours, less than a Titanic video, less than two VHS (laughs) tapes. (laughs) They gave me a card that I couldn't refuse. And it was everything that I wanted, even stuff that he, I didn't really tell a guy. So it worked itself out. So manifestation, people believe in what you want to believe. Yes. Just believe what you want to believe. I'm trying to put it out and not say what I want to normally say, but believe whatever you want to believe and really tell the, the universe what you want as your dreams and aspirations. Because the more you do it, the more you be patient, it's there. It's true. I'm coming home and there'll be more on that later, but daddy's coming home. Exactly. (laughs) And that's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Like I said, we'll get into that in another episode, but uh, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, we'll just say this. I'm coming home. And that is it. So you guys follow me. DJ sabotage. Yeah, DJ just Taj. S- don't don't follow me. I don't want friends. I, <laughs> I don't know y'all. I don't like y'all. I don't owe y'all nothing. Taking the ODB approach. What'd you do for the streets? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you can follow DJ Sabotage. S A B O T A J on all the socials. Even on Twitch, I'm on there on sa- Sundays. Sundays. And sometimes Saturdays, wherever I feel like it. Uh, <laughs> and Chris, where they can find you? Uh, that'd be Chris Martin, Facebook, lead singer of Coldplay. Just look it up. Nah, <laughs> CTGMAR10. That's CTG Martin. Uh, Instagram, Facebook. I've given up on Twitch. I'm not smart enough. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> what else do I got? Uh, I think that's it. Uh, again, add me. Instagram is the best place. CTG MAR one zero. Um, that is something I'm going to start really focusing on. I really was trying to get like multiple accounts and things going and, uh, a conversation me and Taj had, he's like, you know, when you share posts, you can just share it to Instagram too. Right. I'm like, Holy shit. Uh, again, I'm not that smart. Luckily I'm pretty. So 
we're going to stick to one thing. <laughs> and, and that one thing's going to be Instagram. We're going to blow that shit up. That's right. all I got. That's it. I'm tired. I need a nap. I'm old. You're right. My old ass over here still thinking about that Hillary Duff song. Nope. I got I got to focus, man. I got I got two days. I got tomorrow and Friday, and I'm free. So right. It's, it's big changes coming. Big changes is coming. I got a wedding in the weekend with a whole new cars. So I'm happily okay. Not new car people, so don't don't sit there. People that know me personally, you finally got that 2020 Range Rover, huh? It's I'm still proud of you. Proud the of brother's you. still broke. I'm just letting you know. It's not new, new. It's not new, new. But just enough for me to get to this wedding. <laughs> yeah, at least three of the tires got most of the lug nuts. You know? Right, right. One of them got a pinstripe. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> oh, we got to end this. I'm getting sleep drunk. Oh, yeah, same. All right, guys. Later days. See you. And if you enjoyed this episode and or the podcast, give us a review. Rate the channel and follow us. You can follow me, DJ Sabotage. That's DJ S A B O T A J on all socials and Twitch. CTG Martin. That's C T G M A R 1 0 on Instagram. Make sure to check us out every week. Until next time, later days.